WCW versus WWF. And I just didn't, I'm going to be honest with you, brother. I just didn't want to go out like a bro. Professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. Feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. <laughs> Conversation with Big the Big Guy. Ryback with JD and Asian Joe starts now. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. I am the Big Guy Ryback. And today, I have a former 10-time WCW Tag Team Champion, former WCW TV Champion, soon-to-be WWE ah. Hall of Famer, and in my opinion, one of the most intimidating men in professional wrestling history, Stevie Ray. What's going on? Hey, man. I am doing, doing fine, man. And I appreciate the intro, appreciate the sentiments, and I hope all is well. Awesome, man. I don't know if I've... Uh... Because I've met you before. I don't know if you remember this. Oh, yeah. I, I would say you don't. I was 19 or 20 years old working at Gold's Gym here in Las Vegas. I was in, oh, yeah. I was in school. And uh, I'd met, there's a lot of people came in there. Uh, my time when I was in there, I was just a kid working the front desk. I was kind of lost. My baseball career just kind of came to an end. I wanted right. to get into wrestling. And I, I was kind of at that stage in life. I was... I hadn't had things figured out, and I didn't know there wasn't a wrestling school like there is here now. I didn't know what to do, and I remember you came in and worked out on a day, and I, and first of all, I was completely amazed at how big you were. Uh, you're an enormous uh, human being, but I asked you if I could ask you some questions on wrestling, and to me, this is very telling. On, I don't even need to know anything about you, but just from that one experience, you said when you were done working out, you'd talk to me. And I got and I got off. I think at two or around there. And you talked to me outside. I don't know if it was for a long time though, and just kind of answered some questions I had on pro wrestling. And I remember you were just no bull. You said exactly what it was and everything that you said, just as far as it being a crazy life and, and everything on that end uh, was one hundred percent true. But thank you, because just that small, like something like that, says a lot about what kind of human being you are to. A, 19, 20 year old kid who you probably get asked that question a million times. And I know what kind of with wrestlers, the busy lifestyles, it was, uh, it meant a lot. It actually helped me out more than you'll ever know. So thank you. Brother, I swear to God, I was not aware of that, but, uh, Hey man, Hey, I, I, I only tell it like it is, man. Yeah. No, I just only you took tell it like it is. I just, you, and, you couldn't have been any nicer, man. It was, uh, I, I had a shaved head. I was probably bleached shaved head at the time. And uh, <laughs> you just, you, I'll never forget it. I was outside, I got off, and I go, man, now knowing what I know about our schedules and how when you're, when you're going and just, just in general and people coming up, and, and I was like, man, what, what a good guy. So it's always, that, that's always something I couldn't wait to tell you that because it helped me kind of take the next step. And uh, get the courage to kind of go for it. So, so thanks. Well, hey, man, I, if I was any help in any kind of way, because that's how it was when me and my brother was coming up, man. And Scott Casey trained us, and he laid down exactly how the business is, how it's going to treat us. And this was a white guy telling two African-American guys 
This is what's going to happen to you. This is if you ever make it. Look out for this. Look out for that. You know what I'm saying? Be aware of this. You know, keep your nose clean, so on and so forth, and about the politics and all the other stuff, as you well know. And, brother, the same thing that you just said to me, several years later, we were doing a radio interview. And if I'm not mistaken, the interview was in Vegas, where you are right now. Yep. And Scott was, and Scott was living there. And they surprised us and said, hey, we got somebody on the phone that wants to talk to you guys. The guy didn't say who it was. And he got on and said, hey, guys. And we was like, hello, who's this? Hey, this is Scott Casey. And we was like, Scott, Scott, what's going on, man? Uh, how you been? So on and so forth. And he went through, you know, how he's been doing, so on and so forth. He said, brother, I'm not going to hold you guys up. I just, I'm proud of you. I've been watching you. Because we hadn't seen him since he trained us. Wow. And uh, I got one question for you, and then I'm going to get off the phone and let you guys continue your interview. And this is what he said. Did it happen like I told you? And we said, yes. Yep. And he said, God bless you. And I talked to you guys later. I'm proud of you. And he got off the phone. I love you. And he got off the phone. That's incredible. So what you just said yep. reminded me, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Of that. And that's why so I I'm, get asked that by kids. And I tell it to them straight up, exactly in, in the amount of work and dedication and sacrifice. That's what, just everything you told me that day, I couldn't comprehend. I, I just, I, I heard it, but it was every single thing was 100% uh, percent true, just straightforward. And I, that, that to me is I've always just tried to be as honest as possible with people, whether they want to hear it or not, because you're doing them a service if they do go for it by, uh, by giving them the truth. So that's incredible. Oh, yeah. What was it oh, like yeah. breaking in for you guys? I was going to, I had that down. I was curious. It, it, what well, you know, was. I mean, back in those days, wrestling schools were a little different than they are now. Yep. You know, you really had professionals teaching uh, people how to be professional wrestlers. You know, not until years later. I think, I see, I, here in Houston, I, I looked up and guys got wrestling schools and I'm like, oh, okay, whose school is that? And there's some guy I'd never heard of and. It was and a lot more protective back, too, uh, wasn't it? Oh, 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 brother. Right back. You just don't know. Yeah. You just don't know, bro. In essence, it was like this. To get in, you had to pass the test. Yep. And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I came in through Bill DeMott, they, and he they, beat the shit out of me. For a year. Oh well, Bill. Well, Bill knows. He's yeah. from my era. And he helped. Yeah, and it helped. It made me who I am. It, it was. I thank him relentlessly for for all of that. So you, they're gonna check and see how bad you want it. Yep. Because there's so many people look at professional wrestling on television and think, oh, that's you already know this. Oh, that's easy. I can do that. Yep. They're just playing around and blah blah blah. I'm gonna tell you something, Doc. I uh. I went to school in high school. Me and Dale Green, Hall of Fame NFL guy. Yep. You know what I'm saying? We're from the same neighborhood. Uh, Michael Singletary played across the uh, another Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? Across the way from us at another high school. Dexter Manley was at another high school, all within a few miles of each other. So I'm just letting you know what kind of talent came out of the area of which we grew up. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, so I, I, basketball, baseball, football, track and field, I've done, I've, you know, I've, I've done everything. Yep. 
bodybuilding, pro wrestling was the hardest thing I ever did in my life. Likewise. I just getting just getting through it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. By you being an athlete and by you being a competitor, you go, I don't know if I'm gonna ever do anything in this business, but they not gonna make me quit. Yep. I know it's like survival school. It was like survival school. That was every day for me with Bill. And it was, it, <laughs> dude, it, it's he, cause he came up through Johnny rods and a lot of guys didn't like it, but I, that same mentality, I was like, I'm not quitting. And I remember every day I getting out of bed, I was like, it was, what am I in for? But it was, it made me who I am. It, <laughs> it paid off. And there's a lot of guys, I, I truly contribute a lot of my success to that mentality. He instilled in me. So now, now how many guys, I mean, back in the day, they would quit, man. I can't, you know, I'm done. I'm dying out here. Yeah, you know? I saw it too. It's I've, I was curious on your thoughts on today's wrestling because everything evolves and evolves and changes. But it, it's just, I just know from the time I started being in the system with them in WWE that everything has just changed dramatically. Oh and, my god! And whether it's for the good or bad, I don't know. From a business standpoint, they're making a lot of money, but it's. It, it just something is uh it's different it's just different is is all I could say and I don't I was just curious what you thought if you keep up with it still and whatnot well well you know I I do slightly not like I used to back in the day but yeah I do slightly but this is conversations I've had with other people also um pro wrestling is just like anything else in pop culture to me to nowadays and I don't think it's a pro wrestling thing. I think it's a pop culture thing Yeah, because I'm a fan of many things and I see things in the sports that I like going that way. So it's not an accident for pro wrestling to be going in those same circles. Also, yeah. I'm a big fan of, I'm a big fan. A lot of people know I'm a big fan of NASCAR. Yep. Huge fan of NASCAR. Well, I used to be, it's hard for me to watch it now because it doesn't have that competitive edge that it had years ago when guys had more leverage to do things the other guys wasn't doing. Yeah. Now they want everybody to, everybody to look the same, drive the same, the cars even look the same, whereas now it's become kind of cookie cutter. And you can say those same things when it comes to professional wrestling. I'm not saying that in a negative way. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, let's take you for instance. I was just having this conversation with uh, – a uh, 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 friend of ours, of you, you and I, okay. and I was like, take Ryback, take the big guy. In my era, he was a some. You pay. You only see guys like that when you pay to see them. Yeah. You don't see a guy like that walking down the street every day. Yeah. That's the you. See, that's the big difference. Yep. So. And I, I, you know, nowadays, not, not, and like I said, I'm not saying anything disparaging toward anything or anybody. How many guys do you see on TV that if he left the show tomorrow, it wouldn't hurt the show? No, that I agree with you completely. It's um... now, now for Ryback, like I said, in our era, if you got the big push, the big push, the big guy. You know, if Ryback was on the house show and he didn't show up, a few people don't want their money back. Yeah. You dig what I'm saying? Yep, yep. It's uh... if Ryback ain't on the show. Hey, I'm pissed off. That's the difference. Whereas right now, I'm not selling Ryback. I'm selling the show. Yeah. 
Kurt Ryback's not here. Who cares? The show is still here. Yeah, and we were just and talking I, I, about that. And I think that's one of the big differences that the characters were bigger than life yep. at one point in time. Yeah. Now the characters are just like, like if, like today, Ryback stands out. But another character, I can get fifteen looking. I can get fifteen guys that look and work exactly like he does. One hundred percent. It's um, it was a very difficult pill to swallow and experience it at different levels, and uh, that's the business model that they run. And they've told me that's coming from from the top. I was told there will never be another marquee name ever again after John Cena. Oh, and I the, right. the brand is, and it's just. So you could either stay there and play by the rules, or you could say, you know what, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go do my own thing for a while and heal up, and you know I'll see where mm-hmm. the cards lay down the road, and whatnot. But man, it is um, that is it is it is exactly that, and it's um, we were just talking last week, and I was telling the guy we were discussing it. I said they will, I said I the people that they tend to push now are guys that they would never have pushed in the past because I personally feel they know there's kind of a cap on how high they can go. And it keeps everyone yeah. in, and it just kind of keeps everything under control, and it, it, nobody yeah. ever really gets too hot, or it's just kind of a, like you said, interchangeable, and uh, it's just the way that it is. It's not not good or bad. It's just the way that it is, and it's their right to do that as a business. So, but but that's the evolution. That's the evolution of what I said of pop culture. Now everything, and as you well know, it's about the brand. Yeah. Yep. One hundred percent. Not the guys. Yeah. The brand, you are a part of, you know, this machine that's rolling down the track, bro. Yep. Just a and it's got a lot wheel. of box cars. It's got a lot of box cars behind it. Yep. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's the truth. You, you speak the truth. I was and, gonna... and, and 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 it is what it is, man. Absolutely. I was going to ask: Is that on social media now? Is that you on Instagram? That's me. Good deal. Did you you just joined it? That correct? Well, I had joined a while back, but I just got it back up and going. Okay, I was gonna because I'd followed you because the guy that helps me out get the interviews on the show. I I saw you made a post, and it was I saw the because I've had my dealings in the past with Dave Meltzer, and I don't I just mm-hmm. I don't follow him. I block it out and whatnot. But he he did a lot of harm with me with fans for a while by just making up things and. Uh, I saw. Did he actually make a statement saying that he didn't think you deserved to be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, and it, I didn't see it, but I was told about yeah. it. So I just made a, I just made a quick statement about you know, I guess you read it, and I yeah. you know kind of said that you know hey, I was voted in by my peers. Yep, you handled and it very unlike well. This, unlike yourself, I have respect in this business. Yep. But if people really want to know how I feel about Dave Meltzer, wait till the ceremony is over. <laughs> I cannot wait. I uh, I always say, man, and people like that, I just wish uh, he, you know, he has a following and and he can. I just wish he handled business a little better, and uh, because a lot of people take take what he says as gospel, but he forms opinions on things like it. It, it that was as ridiculous as anything I've ever seen. And, and it's just, I was like, how could he say that in a good conscience? And what, what would be the motive behind it to say something like that? It's just, it, it, it just blows my mind. Well, I think his motive is exactly what you're saying, what you were just referring to, getting more followers yep. and trying to, trying to show what, what guys like that remind me of are a lot of these 
evangelist. Yeah. That come on late at night selling snake oil. Yep. Absolutely. And if you sell it enough, you'll get enough people to buy it. Yep. But, you know, the human mind can actually be convinced of anything or the human mind can actually convince itself of anything if it believes it hard enough. I agree. That's been proven more times than once. It is. So when it comes to people like Dave Meltzer, man, I actually laugh at him. But when I start my campaign, when I start my podcast back, Straight Shooting with Stevie Ray, yep. when I start my campaign back, you're going to really see what's – they melt and see what's really up. I ain't the one, bro. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, man. right now. I'm not the one. Yeah, no, he's run his mouth time and time again. and the He's recently questioning Roman Reigns' cancer. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I like, heard about that. It, it, it's – I just don't get it. There's just no need for it. And, but that's why I try to tell people that these guys are making money. And it, it's, they're doing things in, a, in an evil way and in, in, in hurting people's lives. And fans listen to this stuff. And then fans start attacking the guys and the, the, the wrestlers and, because they hear one thing and they just think it's the truth. And it, it's just there's no need for the negativity, in my opinion, especially from someone who's never been in the business. There you go. So, you hit it right on the head. Yeah. Now, my brother went on his uh, radio show, and he goes off. <laughs> and I wish he hadn't done that because I wasn't trying to bring it to that level. Yeah. You know, yep. I, didn't even know he, I didn't even know he had even heard about it, you know, but uh, at the time, because I thought once I said what I said, well, when I said what I said, it kind of went viral. So I guess a lot of people heard about it. But yep. at the end of the day, I was through. I wasn't saying any more about it until – you hear from me, and when he hears from me, the whole world is going to hear it. Because, I it. like I said, Ryback, I'm not the one. Whether you're in the business or you're not, yep. I'm not the one. And, and nobody in and, the business would say anything like that, which is what the, the funny part about all of it is. Right, it's, <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, you, if you've given something to this business, that's one thing. But if you've never given nothing to this business, nothing. but you've always taken from this business. Yep. You're taking from something that you never, you, you really just a mark. Yeah. Nailed it right there. <laughs> you're really just an over, over bloviating mark. Yep. I agree. But the people from this generation don't know. They don't. This guy's been around forever, man. Yeah. Yep. For He's been while. around forever. Supposedly this wrestling historian or so on and so forth. But I ain't got nothing to do with what somebody do. But when you start disrespecting people yeah. like a mark, yep. only marks disrespect wrestlers. Absolutely. You never see a successful person or anyone in the business doing that. No, nah, bro. Because at the end of the day, if you made it, you made it. Yep. You've, with you, your accomplishments and, and your time in the business, there's it, just nothing, right. <laughs> there's nothing bad to say. It's... Uh, you didn't make it by osmosis. Yep. Somebody put in the rich time. 100%. Now, that don't mean everybody going to love you, and I know that. Yeah. And quite sure being an entertainer, you know that also. Absolutely. You only can do what you can do. Yep. But as more people that like you that don't like you, that means you're successful, bro. Yes, it does. At baseball, you bat 300, you're a Hall of Famer. You don't. There you go. So it's, it's uh, you did it right. I was going to ask you too. I know you're you're busy, and uh, but with 
after WCW there, and tr- I was going to ask you about, for me, your transition from pro wrestling to, to everyday life. And, and mm-hmm. for me, I left, my health was really bad, and I've had everyone that listens to my show, I've had 11 stem cell procedures on my back and shoulder. Trying oh, to man, heal. I didn't know that. Yeah, I had five discs. I had to get few. They wanted to fuse from that backpack. I was doing this backpack stunner since I mm-hmm. was 20-something, and it, it compressed all my disc, and I was getting the atrophy and the nerve deal, and uh, mm. cortisone ate away all my cartilage in my shoulder. And so stem wow. cells have regrown. Rather than doing a replacement and a fusion, I opted to do the stem cells, and it, it, it saved me. And I'm going to hopefully have another opportunity to go back, hopefully very soon, wherever that is, and, and make another go at it. But I, for me, the transition in, in doing opening my business and in life away from being on the road was it, it's very difficult, and because you, you get used to just go 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 go. What was that yeah. like for you? And, and was well, it you know, when, when I when I stopped WCW, I went overseas for three and a half years. I didn't know that. And uh, yeah, I was going back and forth over there. That's why I didn't I didn't want to go to WWF. And uh, matter of fact, the last show right back, I didn't even attend. Really. No, I didn't even go, and I had they sent me a ticket and everything, and I was I was always in the mindset of this is competition to me. Yeah, you know this is uh, NFL versus AFL. Yeah, or National League versus American League. You know, in baseball, um, WCW versus WWF, and I just didn't. I'm gonna be honest with you, brother. I just didn't want to go out like a bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I mean, I know it's all business, but to me, you know, coming up in the early 90s and it was building, a tag, building a tag team and becoming an intricate part of what had actually died in professional wrestling. Tag teams had really died. Yeah. And us coming in and putting all that back on the map, I felt a part of We did something special, man. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And uh, and I I ain't trying to pat myself on the back. I didn't realize it at the time. No, but, but I was like, wait, yeah. wait a minute. I was like, wait a minute, man. You know, we uh, we've been fighting for this team, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we've been fighting for the team. And when I heard that Vestem had did came in and stuff like that, which I knew it was coming. You know, it's like 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 you know, a divorce is coming. Yeah, you saw you know? writing on the wall. And you kind of like put it in the back of your mind to try to know. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. Yep. Try to, but at the end of the day, I knew that was going to happen. Just didn't know it was going to happen the way it did. And I didn't even attend the last show because my brother was like, hey, man, uh, they're going to be auditioning people, so on and so forth. And I told him, I said, brother, you go ahead and do it, man. I'm done. Did they reach out? Did Was there, was there and I feel like there would have been for you to go an opportunity to go over there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But like I said, uh, right back and maybe I shouldn't expose a lot of stuff before the Hall of Fame. Then again, no, no, you don't just, have to. These, no, these, I, I was just no, curious. Yeah, you don't have to. No, say no, 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 no. What I'm saying is these are just my personal feelings. I've talked about them before. Yeah, you know, but uh, you know how things can be rehashed. So I'll, I'll, I'll um, watch. Uh, you know, I'll choose my words uh, a little carefully. But after. This is the thing. I wanted people to remember Harlem Heat as two ass-kicking brothers yep. from the, off the corner. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. I didn't want us to be something else. Yeah. I didn't want to turn into a Dark the Clown or a or how some of the other people. Which and I'm not saying they would have. I'm not saying that. 
Go with it. What was that? Some of them, the guys that did go over during that, they were not used necessarily the way that they had been in the and, past. And it's right. And I just didn't want to do, I didn't want, I'm not saying they would have did this with all of me, but I just didn't want to lose the edge that we had. I, I hear that's, you completely, man. I get it. So I didn't want to be, and that's why I told my brother. So then I looked at how they did with my brother and his character and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, you know, it is what it is. And, Hey, Vince, them do their thing they way, and I ain't mad about that. It's yeah. your show, brother. Yeah. I mean, hey, you do what you do. Yeah. But I just didn't want, I wanted people, to be honest, to break it down, I wanted people to remember Harlem Heat the way they remember them today. Yeah, and I think that was, I think that was a great decision. I, I don't think, it, and it paid off, I think, completely on that. Did you, so, when you, when you, when you stopped wrestling though, was that transition with like regular everyday life? Was that difficult for you? Well, no, I had already opened a business. I started a business here. So I'm going to tell you something right back. What I did, I prepared for the transition. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't something abrupt. And another thing that I tell people is I'm going to be honest with you, brother. I never brought professional wrestling home with me. Yeah. That's any, any of my friends. Any of the people I hang out with, any people in my family, you want to talk about pro wrestling? If when you see me, go call the one nine hundred hotline. Yeah, yeah, Not, I'm the same way. Bring, I like to keep it. Don't separate. bring it in my house. Yeah, don't bring it in my house. Uh, you know, even family sometimes will go. Hey, we, uh, you know, you know, somebody's yes. over. Yeah, you know, I was looking at a match with blah blah blah, <laughs> but whatever, bro. Yep, I, <laughs> I'm exactly the same on that. So, you know. So, so, so transition, I was getting ready for. Then uh, by the fact that I was going back and forth overseas, I was able to stay at my business because I'd opened a detail shop on the west side of Houston. And it was going very well. And I still did independence as long as they were a drive. Yeah. I would not get on an airplane. Yep. As long as they were a drive. So I would, some of them were from here to Louisiana, you know, North Texas, some of the other little towns around Texas because it gave me time to spend with my daughter. Yeah. Who was, uh, who was uh, about... Mm, what six seven years old at the time uh-huh. and i want i just want to be home more yeah so no, so I it mean. gave us the time to spend together on the road because she would come out and uh not the road but when i did an indie and do my polaroids for me and line the lineup for me yep you know carry my bag for me so that's all awesome. it was uh it was cool, and I pay, and I would pay her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she learned work at a young age, man, from the wrestling business to my DPL business and running the cash register, everything at a very young age, man. And uh, she's graduate now with uh, a, a, a fine arts degree. So hey, I did my job, brother. No, that is uh, that is incredible, and uh, I like to usually end these when I when I have somebody on. I kind of uh, ask. If you could give one piece of advice to the listeners, whether that's life advice for, for future guys that want to get into the business, what would that be that that's helped you in your life? If you could narrow it down to one. I tell you, man, if it, when it comes to the business is if you don't respect the business, don't expect anything out of it. Yeah. Cause you never get it, bro. Yep. That's, what I, that's the advice I try to give the people on a daily basis. That is, that is great advice. It ain't, this ain't romper room. No. This is serious business. 100%. And if you want to succeed in it, you got to put every inch of your existence. Everything. And that still ain't no guarantee, but nope. you got to respect the business, man. 
100%, man. That's great words on that. And I do want to say again, congratulations on the, Thank you, bro. being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. It is, it is well-deserved. As personally growing up, you guys were one of my favorite tag teams. I loved watching you. And it's even better for me that, like I said, meet a lot of guys in wrestling. There's a lot of great guys in wrestling. But I feel like very few people would actually stop and take the time to talk to a little 20-year-old kid uh, and give him some good, solid advice. That actually truly helps. So, again, thank you uh, for me to you on that. And uh, I'm looking forward to your Hall of Fame speech. Hey, man, are you going to be uh, are you going to be a WrestleCon? No, I'm laying low right now. I took, I've been off for about six months. And, uh, well, okay. Yeah, with my stem cells. I've just, I, I quit taking bookings. I was hurting myself. The doctor that's oh. good. That, I was, I, I should have stopped wrestling, man, when I left WWE. And I, mm-hmm. I ended up going a pretty hard schedule because the, and I, I talked about this before, but like I started my supplement company and that, that cost a lot of money. And that window of when you leave TV is really good for two years. And right. I didn't want to leave that lying on the table, but at the same time, I, I could have, and I, I should have probably for my health, and uh, because it kind of it kind of threw off the uh, stem cell procedures because I would get one and then I'd go wrestle two or three weeks after getting one of them done mm. when I was supposed to be taken off for like three months, and I knew I knew I was I I, I, I was working smart and not doing the things that were hurting me, but. You can't go in. I go hard when I go, so it's yeah. It was uh, yeah. it was a tough lesson learned. And so I've just my doctor got on me. I'm just taking man. I'm not coming back till I'm ready because I am 37 that. and I would even if I it takes till 38 or 39. Man, I'm gonna have an opportunity. To, the stem cells have regrown my disc in my back through the MRIs, and I'm in no more pain anymore. So okay, great. Yeah, yeah. I would. I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully get back in the mix full time. So I'm just focusing on the podcast, the business, my investments. Hey, man. Yeah. It sounds like it's going good for you, man. Keep up the good work. And it's, what we need is more people that's doing podcasts that actually know what they're talking about. Yeah. Not trying to diss anybody, but I do podcasts all the time. And anybody that don't know what they talk about, I'm, I'm going to eat you. I'm letting you know now. If you're listening to Ryback's show, if you get me on your show and you don't know what you're talking about, I'm going to eat you. That's like collard greens. <laughs> I, I am looking way, forward to that. That's the way it is. Yeah, huh? I'm I'm looking forward to that. Where can everyone follow you on your Instagram? If you, you on on IG, hey man, hey man, uh, Facebook Stevie Ray, real Stevie Ray, um, Twitch, Twitter. You know, somebody come holler at your boy, man, because I'm getting ready to lay it down, get back in the mix. Because I'm coming back just like your boy Ryback. I'm coming back with my <laughs> podcast. And hopefully, man, we can do some stuff together. No, absolutely. You know? I'm more than I would love oh, to. Oh, man. man, this is no doubt, brother. You know what I'm saying? This is no doubt. We got to get the big guy out there. But see, the, my, show, my show will not be for the weak at heart. We need more podcasts like that with people that actually you know? know. I, I agree with you completely because there's, <laughs> there's a million of them that don't, so. Yeah, because we, it's going to be on like a steaming pot of next bones that's been, <laughs> you know, that's been cooking for about mm, three hours, brother. So it's going to be simmering, brother. <laughs> Telling you that right now. <laughs> Good deal, man. I am looking forward to it. And uh, Well, hey, man, if I don't see you in New York, man, I'll be watching. I'm going to be out at the StarCast thing, man. I'm going to look you up. Yeah, yeah, no, please. And uh, you got my number there. I got yours. And uh, yeah, yeah, man. It's uh, I'm laying low for a bit, but if you're out here, let me know. And uh, most definitely, bro. Most definitely, definitely. you, you, Charles, 
Disco Inferno, all of y'all. Yeah, Godfather, man. That, yeah, Charles is right. Man, he lives not far from me up here where I'm at in Vegas, actually. I used to see... Man, he's such. He goes to the gym I go to actually out here. He's such a good guy, man. It's uh, awesome, dude. Disco too. I met him a few times down at the club. So good human being. Right, right. So hey, man, I'm gonna look all y'all up, man. We gonna chop it up, bro. Yes, sir. Well, thank you again. And guys, we'll be right back after these messages. You've heard us talk about real good foods before on the podcast, and just how much I love their real good pizzas and enchiladas. Now, real good foods also has their new poppers which are a super low-carb cross between a chicken nugget and a jalapeno popper. All of their foods are low-carb, grain-free, gluten-free, and keto-friendly. Most items have as low as 3 to 4 grams of carbs per serving. From their chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust pizzas, snack bite pizzas, and poppers, you can't go wrong with anything from Real Good Foods. All items are available at realgoodfoods.com, on Amazon, and in retail locations all over the country, with a store locator on their website. Save 10% with discount code RYBACK off of realgoodfoods.com. Real Good Foods. Feed. Me. More. All right. We are back. It is now that time. My favorite time of the week. He is, he is making his triumphant return this week. Ryan Satin with the with the wrestling news. What's going on, man? The Big Guys Wrestling Report with Ryan Satin, brought to you by Pro Wrestling Sheet. I, I know Matt Coon made me pull out my microphone from the drawer. I was like, oh man, they have him show me up. You know, he had better audio than me. I gotta step my game up. Matt Coon came in really, really professional last week. I was, I didn't even realize it right away because as we do it, everything sounds the same to me when we're here. And my editor yeah. goes, man, that Matt Coon has a really good mic. <laughs> <laughs> and I go back and I'm listening to it. And I go, man, he sound, sounds better than me. Like he's Well, to be fair, Matt Coon is like an audio guy. Like that's his whole thing. Like he is a musician. And so audio is like so important. His name him. is Matt Coon Music on Instagram. Yeah. I should have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. It's, he, had like, he has like a music studio i think that he play, you know they messes around or school or something like that for children so he's audio is very important to him and i'm the same way i forget that it sounds different when we're doing it via skype when, like to me it sounds fine and then i hear him oh i forgot i need my microphone i'm so. a true amateur and he exposed me for for the fraud that i am ryan the uh <laughs> no the dude those soundboards by the way if you remember just speaking this popped in my head is when I was doing the bully stuff and I had to slap the guy in the showers in that very homoerotic shower scene that we of had to, we had to do live in California and Road Dog was in there and, and after we got done he goes man that felt kind of and uh, I said yeah it, it really did We're like how did we not notice this in the ten takes we did before we went live and uh, <laughs> I laughed I didn't give it and uh, but they had soundboards in the shower all the uh, to to make it amplified the sound. So that slap sounded a million times louder than it really was because they it's amazing what you could do with some when when you know what to do with sound. So Yeah, I know, and I'm a loud, really loud dude, so I'm the same way with my show. I uh we moved into a fancier studio, but there's way more room. Like we're not in the small podcast room anymore. We're in the big studio and I'm loud and my voice is <laughs> echoing off all the walls and stuff. And so yeah, I, I trust me, if there's anyone who understands that, it, it's definitely me. No, no, I get it. I have, I hear, I go back and listen and I go, I, I sound like a kid that's had too much caffeine when I talk 
and I get really <laughs> excited, and I was just like, God, I hate listening to myself, but I. You and me both. I'm right there with you. Now I have to go cut clips from my show afterwards, and I'm like, oh, I don't have to go back and listen to myself. I'm like I'm that watching of... all of it, man. It's like just critiquing. I'm just like, just. It was like, I it feel your felt pain. so normal when I was saying it, but I sound so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've all been there. We've all been there. Well, let's get into the biggest story of the week. Yeah, what's we'll going on? Well, I think this, I don't know if this is the biggest story of the week, but it was the most interesting story of the week to me, and I felt like you'd have. Um, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this story because I saw you interacting with Luke Harper and I felt like this was a really interesting uh, conversation here. So Luke Harper, uh, he's been in WWE for a while now. He's yes. been there. He's been there for you know good good chunk of time, and you know he's gone from FCW to you know working access to coming to the main roster as a big deal with the Wyatt family. Yep. Uh, you know moving up and you know almost. You know, to the point where, you know, first he had, sorry, I skipped, he had an intercontinental title match yeah. at WrestleMania. Um, I had to was, follow that by the whatever match he was. He was a, him and Dolph, I don't know if it was at the ladder match, he won the IC title. Yeah, and I, I remember we had to follow, and I go, F it was something, it might have been another pay-per-view even, but I know we had to follow after that, I was really mad. <laughs> and then he and then he said that he was almost if you remember he was involved in that like, he was kind of like involved in the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt storyline mm -hmm. uh, a few years back where it seemed like he was going to be involved in that title match but then it, it ended up not happening it was just Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton yeah. I think it was that was that weird WrestleMania where they had like the the ring projections uh, on top of the ring with the yeah. worms and all that that's weird right stuff. yep yeah yeah so um so then he gets he got injured. You know he had the Bludgeon Brothers stuff, and then he got injured. And he says that he's been back, uh, or he's been cleared since February, yes. and that now he's back at Access, kind of like where it all began. And yeah. this is kind of like the return he's booked for is that Access. And to some that might be a throwaway thing, you know, uh, random Access match. But to him, it's kind of like a new proving ground to show that he still belongs. Um, yeah. His statement was pretty. The long statement he posted was was pretty. Uh, Pretty emotional, pretty powerful, I thought. Um, yeah, I but, you know, I saw you interacting with him a little bit. What do you think about everything that he wrote? Um, uh, I feel his pain. That was, uh, that was done. Him just... Uh, like, there's no bigger blow to a wrestler, especially one that you've been there and you've put in your time. And, like, he's... And let me just... He's one of my favorite people. And... Uh, he he's he's a good dude, and he's uh, and he's a hard worker, and he's he's actually if you look at his physique when he started to where he is now, he's worked really really hard to lose weight and to get in the best shape possible. He's not he doesn't do drugs or do anything stupid. Family man, uh, you know. You mentioned the injury. You know, is Rowan actually went down with the injury that stopped that, and then he used that as an opportunity because he's a team player. He just kept working hurt. Oh, I can now go get fixed, in which he got his wrist fixed while they weren't doing anything with him, with yeah. all of that, which again, just is a testament to the kind of uh, human being that he is putting his body, you know, in for the tag team, for the company, because they were having their best run ever with that whole thing. And um, no doubt he's frustrated. And I don't know that I haven't, I haven't asked him about it or anything. Well, it's clear from yeah. this that he's frustrated. Yeah. And it's, and that is. There's no worse feeling than to give a company, and I know this firsthand, everything you have, and for it not to be reciprocated. And in what he's going to, he was essentially saying is, it's 
you, he's angry at all this, but you know what? I'm going to go treat this like my WrestleMania moment because that's the only thing I know how to do. That's all he's ever done. Anytime they've ever put him in there in a singles opportunity, he has thrived. He's done well, and the people have actually received him well. Like, he's been received by the people well. And it hasn't really generated in anything, and it's because WWE hasn't followed through with it on various occasions and whatnot. So I feel his pain deeply, and again, you could give Luke Harper something much better than that. He should not be wrestling. No WWE performer needs to be wrestling at Access. That's for NXT guys, developmental guys, to get them exposure, to get them at WrestleMania for the people and, and to work for free there. He doesn't need to be doing that. That is, and honestly, he shouldn't. And, I, and Ryan, this is, he should tell them, F you, I'm not doing this. Well, here's my question to you, because I, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree that at, with literally everything you said. But my question is this, you know, with the access thing, because. In the past, Access had very much been like, a, like you said, just kind of like nobody's really watching you. You're kind of just like there. Maybe people internationally who don't watch NXT will walk over. They'll see you, whatever. Um, for this one, do you think it makes any difference that it's not necessarily just an untaped, you know, something that they're not taping? It's, a, it's an actual network special that he's going to be there for, that it's like NXT versus NXT alumni. And so it's kind of like, him, Tyler Breeze, and Sanity, who all three should be getting more work on the main roster. I, I completely agree yeah. with you. Um, do you think it, because it's being filmed for a network special, it changes anything in that aspect? Why wouldn't you use your big guns then if you're going to – why wouldn't you use uh, you know Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose? Why wouldn't you yeah. if that's what you're – if that's your – that for – in their standpoint, they're doing this big network thing. You want to show the alumni. Why don't you, you know – Big E came from down there. I mean, there's, it, it's because it, to the talent, it, it is a, it's a slap in the face. And it's for mm -hmm. guys, and it's, man, I can't, you, you just, I can't explain it to you. You have to be there and actually go through it and know and then be involved. And, and then, like you said, he hasn't been back. He's been gone. When you're gone, that is such a rare opportunity to come back and do something cool. And into, on TV, and, and there's always that possibility, but you don't want to throw it away at Access. And, and it's, that's what it is. It, it, and that's the company essentially telling you you don't matter to us. That's what that means. And that and it, it sucks. And it, it dude, it, it's, I wish if more guys, no, I'm not doing it. No, thank you. And it's like, I remember different things. Like, it's like the access thing. They don't pay the wrestlers for the signings. Dude, WWE charges an arm and a leg for tickets there and everything. And then they, oh, yeah. they, they whore out all the talent, all these appearances there. These guys doing these matches, they're not making why? Everybody's getting something at that place except for the people that the whole company's built around. And that's where I was like, mm -hmm. guys need to take a f stand and like, no, we're not doing this. Because if everybody did it, they would have no choice but to change. Because, oh, I'll do anything. I love wrestling. Oh, yeah, gee golly, f me over. And they have a whole f crop of guys they can just keep doing that with. And it happened. It's just blows my mind. Luke Harper should not be doing that at all. No, and I agree with you, especially when like, I would say I love Bray Wyatt. I think Bray Wyatt is Me awesome. Yep. But uh, I think Luke Harper was always the most talented wrestler of of the Wyatt family. Like yeah. versatile, unique, in-ring style. Um, always puts on an awesome match when given the opportunity. Um, stands out from other wrestlers just yeah. like in the way he presents himself. He's and big. like you said, he's big. He's huge, dude. Yeah. 
Um, like you said, he's worked very hard to slim down. I saw um, a side by side the other day where it was like you know him and FCW and now, and I was like, he looked like Rhino almost when you look yeah. at the difference. I was like, whoa, like he's so slimmed down now, and like and and just built, and also he's just like a scary presence. I you would think that in an era where people go like, oh, there's no real tough guys, you know, in wrestling, that you would want to utilize a guy like Luke Harper, who is the epitome of something like that. I mean, I just watched, um, it's, it airs, I think, in two weeks, uh, or like a week and a half, something like that, 10 days. Um, Viceland has a documentary coming out on Bruiser Brody. Yep. And, well, they have a whole series coming out called Dark Side of the Ring. But one of the stories is on Bruiser Brody. And I was watching it thinking, like, man, like, this could be Luke Harper right now, like, yeah. if they if they, if they they did it right, you know, if they pushed him in the, in the right way. Yep. But it does feel like sometimes it's just like um, once they get over you, like they get over you, you know, and it, and it, and then it's just you're kind of just cast aside. It, yeah, it's it, it all goes back to that. It's all done with um, they have the guys that they want to push in the main slots that they know aren't going to be too big, but they could push really hard in those positions, pay them less, and then guys like just Luke Harper, you you hit the nail on the head, like he looks the part. He's a big, scary guy, and he could actually work. He can talk, too, if you, but you give him more opportunities to talk to develop that individual personality. Why wouldn't, it, what, why does wouldn't he, he have charisma? Because like, like, he doesn't ever talk like on TV. So, so he, have you, you know him have better, you seen the pictures like, of the boys in the back like all around him with that, yeah, yeah, yeah? Of course. Yeah, if yeah. he didn't have a personality and have charisma, do you think all, like, everyone loves him? Like, he, he's, like he's, yes. Because I've said this a million times, and I am so firm in this belief, and I love Luke Harper and his current scary incarnation, but but I'm like a firm believer that if he were to shave it all, like if he were to shave the beard, shave the head to where he had like a short hair, he'd be like the next JBL in terms of like... you said this before, and I agree with it. Yeah, and like, uh, I, I'm telling you, like, I and I didn't know he could actually talk too, like, so that furthers my belief on that. Like, I would, man... Yeah, I, it bums me out. It really bums me out to see, you know, the the thing that bums me out the most about all this isn't necessarily the lack of push or or cast aside all that kind of stuff. The thing that bums me out so much is, and it's something I'm the older I get, the more I'm starting to realize is like how how much people can can how much how much you can fuck up someone else's brain and yeah. the, the way that it thinks. Like, and you can take a, the most confident person. And the littlest thing can really set them on a track where, like, if one person doesn't see mm-hmm. what you see in yourself, it can, like, bring everything down sometimes. And that it, 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 it kills me to see that because it's like there's millions upon millions of people who know that Luke Harper is what's up. Like, who know yeah. that Luke Harper is an insanely talented guy. At least and more than like, that to be – at least give him an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such to see that one guy – Probably one guy, Vince, doesn't because he probably he sees or multiple Harper yeah. and, or some higher ups yeah. that whatever. But the, I guarantee you, from what I've heard of Vince, he sees Luke Harper as dirty dude, not world champion material, out of sight, out of mind. You know, yeah. and like, and I, well, that's where Luke and it comes in. You have to go in and you have to you have to speak up for yourself. And I think that was the first step. And I'm not there. I don't know how much he's talked to him. He hasn't been there. That might have been his first step of speaking up. And, uh, because it's, man, it's just, it's just really unfortunate and you're right. And, it, and this is, it's the one industry. I think once you're in it and you see what it is and exactly what it is, it really turns off a lot of guys that have love and passion for the business because it, 
you realize that it, it doesn't, that's why I always say it's all just roles. You're just playing roles and doing different things. And everybody that makes it to that level, for the most part, with the exception of maybe a couple people, like, are f***ing super talented on many different levels. And more than just doing moves. I'm talking psychology and being in the system for years and being around all the legends and hearing their take on things. Like, the guys all up there, man, it's... And to be able to see that that doesn't matter sometimes. It doesn't matter at all. Like, it... It really could f up, and it, you have to know when to speak up. And he's been there long enough where he can, and you got to do it in the, in the correct manner. And I thought that was very well written on his part, by the way, on how he voiced his frustration, but he also, I'm going to go out there and bust my ass. So it's really hard to, like, you don't read that and be like, oh, he's in trouble. Because he didn't, he wasn't like he was... He handled it very well, I thought. I think he made an access match sound really important. Yeah, like, he really did. Like he, like maybe just to him, but to me, I, I guarantee you, there's gonna be at least a good handful of people who were. I shouldn't say handful; it's not a lot. There's gonna be a good few people who are in that room now. Yeah, that weren't gonna be there before because they read that. So you can't fault him for trying to make something seem important that was that was a throwaway. Like you said, it was. It was. Of course, it, it was a throw. It is further if compared to the other thing, compared to WrestleMania, it's a throwaway. That's yeah. what you got the best, biggest show of the year on right there. That, and it, it's and you're on Thursday when no one's even in town yet. Yeah, and they're like, creating everyone's getting into town. Yep, and they're creating matchups to to have get everybody on the card. And uh, man, it's like I, I looked at it and just for my own take, my last one there in Dallas when we got moved to the pre-show, and and I've already spoken on all that on what was going on and and whatnot, but. Uh, to be in the locker room and see guys just showing up for like that hadn't been on TV in 15, 20 years. And, and I, in a great, like I, I want, everyone should have an opportunity, but it sucks. Cause you know, they've been used in main events the past year and like on every show and doing, and then I was just like, I'm not even on the show. And I, I didn't get to wrestle. People weren't let in the building when I had to go out there with Kalisto. And I felt bad for Kalisto. Like, cause it was like, we, we should have been on, on the card, and we were supposed to, but it, it sucks not to be a part of that, man. And, and oh, no, to be I, there yeah, and to totally. give everything because it's so you don't know how many you have. You really don't know how many it could be over at any point in time. And it's like it's career. Well, with, that in, yeah. with that in mind, I'm wondering because with that in mind, it kind of leads into this next thing I was going to bring up, and that is uh, Charlotte regaining the SmackDown Women's title this week. She's the new. She's back to being the women's champion. So she goes into WrestleMania as champion. Um, but fans seem. Pretty angry at the fact that, like, they're kind of, in their eyes, they're kind of casting Asuka aside, who has been in that role. She's, you know, been a big part of the women's division yeah. for this whole year. And they kind of feel that, like, throwing her into the random women's battle royal after being there this whole year is, yeah. is, is kind of a diss almost. Do you kind of, do, do you, is that, is that the same way from, the, you know, from your perspective? Yeah, from when you've been no. There? And, like, and again, like, Asuka, that's something where you got to know, like, oh, do I go speak up on this? Do I go in it? It's just, but you're, when you're in that position, it's really, it's their company. They can do whatever they want to do. And it's just, but it sucks to give them everything. And like in Asuka, they, in, she'd had the, you know, NXT was built around her. They, I mean, she was featured undefeated forever. None of that lasts forever and whatnot, but like to be so close to WrestleMania and to see them just making matches. And again, the titles should be the most important thing <clears throat> around the company. And like, that she should have been having a singles match, and that should have been determined a long time in advance. And 
and whatnot. And I don't know, I don't know what they're doing to the other stuff. But from a talent standpoint, like if she ends up being in the battle royal on the pre-show or whatever, like that's a huge like. Which is likely. Well, she she's in the she's they announced her for the for the battle royal yeah, already, so like she is going to be in that. It, that. That is that is a tough pill to swallow. And and it's, do you think though that like, and, and this is from a creative and from a talent standpoint, like, do you think that since WrestleMania is a week away? When she lost it, basically. Yeah. A week and a half, something like that away when she lost it. And there was no real firm plan in place for her anyways at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Do you think that... Let's, okay, from a business standpoint, not a talent standpoint. Yeah. Do you think that it made sense to put the title on Charlotte to strengthen that main event for the hist- for history's sake? I don't know. Why did why did they do that? Uh, are, they, uh, are they... Is that title going to be on the line also? I don't think so. They haven't said that. I honestly... In my opinion, it's because... They want to, because Ronda's likely taking a hiatus, I think they want to make sure that when they leave the show, that it's not just one woman who gains from being in the main event, but they have now the two pillars of SmackDown and Raw. Becky Lynch is the Raw yeah. champion. Charlotte is the SmackDown champion. She didn't beat Charlotte. She beat Ronda, so they can build to Becky versus Charlotte down the line. Uh, I also think that they want to end the show with the four horsewomen all standing in the ring with the four women's belts to show what they've done to help advance women's wrestling. Or, that's a great point, They Ronda's sticking around and they needed an alternative. They don't want to beat Ronda yet. And Charlotte's title will be on the line also. And Becky pins Charlotte. Becky goes over to SmackDown. Ronda stays on Raw. They keep everything going and then build up for the fall. And maybe she's sticking around another year too. That I didn't. I, I mean, it's it's possible, but it, I've read the interviews of Rhonda, and even on her own website now, she basically admitted to the fact that she wants to start a family. She said in an interview on her website when the main event got announced that um, that basically she only planned to be in WWE till November. Like that, yeah. she, even though all the initial announcements were like multi-year agreement, uh, she said that she only wanted she'd only planned to be there till November. Uh, just to kind of get it out of her system so she could go start a family and, and really didn't expect to pick up to it so well. And because she got over and because people, like, weren't hating her initially, uh, she decided to kind of, like, make it more of a thing and make yeah. it part of her life or whatever. But she did say, like, starting a family is a- absolutely the forefront of her mind and she wants to be a stay-at-home mom. So That is a good point. I do think, though, and she just turned and she's probably really digging because it's pretty fun to piss off fans. And I know that firsthand, and there is a good possibility. And Van, Vince hands you a, a large briefcase of money with a chastity belt and says, I need one more year. And she <laughs> says, let's do it. It's, Especially if he's like, hey, your husband can be on TV now. They brought yeah. Travis Brown on TV. Yep. Your friends can come up from NXT. They've been trained now. We've trained them for a year. Just one more year. They, Just one, one more, more year. year. That's a, Mark Henry, you got Mark Henry for like 15 years doing that. Like... It's Mark went in there to retire year after year and kept. Re- I remember him coming in the locker room. He's like, I just resigned. He, I went in to retire, and like he's, he's like, <laughs> like what the, f-? like how do you go in to retire? And like, and they still brought him back. Now he's like doing that locker room enforcer yeah. role, so he still wasn't able to retire. No, he can't get away. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Vince just briefcase full of f-ing cash, chastity belt. Come on, Ronda, one more year. And- it it would not surprise. Okay, as much as I. But I agree with you. I think the first one is more likely. But just saying, because it's gonna. I feel like it'll be like the Eddie Chris Benoit kind of like hug in the ring moment, but for women, where it's like, look what they've done. But I agree with you wholeheartedly 
I feel like it's possible Vince pulls up the Brinks truck full of money 100%. (laughs) Yeah. 100,000%. Because the people I've talked to, it's not like she's 100% going. It's like, well, we think she's going. You know? yeah. So so I, 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 I very much could see Vince making it happen. He's done it for Brock. Every yeah. time you think Brock's about to leave, it's like, oh, no, wait. Now it's been a year. Brock was here for a year again? Like, what? Yeah. Everybody was leaving last year. Yep. So, you know, so uh, I, it's not out of the realm of possibility at all. That's what makes it fun, I think, as a fan. You don't know what's going to happen necessarily, and that's what it's all about, so... Because if you know what's going to happen, it's not nearly as fun. <laughs> that's, that's very true. So I tell I, people, don't read spoilers. You're only, you're only, you're, you read something and then you watch it and it happens exactly as you read it. And then you get angry and call the product boring and stale. But you just went and read, it's like reading the cheat sheet on Game of Thrones and then you watch Game of Thrones. That happened exactly as they read online. And then you're mad at the people that are doing it. Like... No, if you would just stop reading it, guys, and just watch the show, like things would surprise you, believe it or not. <laughs> like, it's... I mean, that's why I try my best not to just do straight up spoilers of what's gonna yeah. happen. I'll, I I don't mind like a scene, like oh, this is in the works, maybe or something like yeah. that. But I hate like an hour before the show being it's like tough though. That's the day we live on in, the show, you know? and you're like. Why? We're about to watch it. Why would you spoil it right as we're about to watch it? Like, what joy do you but get? But that's what people do, though. That's what it, It's just like no. an addictive thing, though, because that's the everything's in front of our faces. So you're like, oh, I want to see if something really good's going to happen. And you read through it, and something really good maybe did happen, but you, you're reading it instead of watching it, and then it's like... Well, even the Charlotte thing. Charlotte, like, nobody had any idea that was going to happen until an hour before the show, yeah. where people, like, some of the wrestling reporters were like, there's going to be a big surprise involving the main event title match. And I was like, well... What else could it be? Like, of course it's going to be her winning the title. Like, God, you know? And it's so, yeah, tough. That... So you almost got to just take yourself away. It's, but, like, you, everything you do is online. So it's really – then with, like, Twitter and Instagram, things just pop up on your Instagram knows us better than we know ourselves. So if you look at any wrestling stuff, it all gives you wrestling stuff on your feed. It's just – My girlfriend had the end of that uh, Us movie spoiled for her, oh. like, the day before we were going to go watch it while she was just scrolling through her Twitter feed. So whole – Literally, it was like, oh, by the way, about us movie. And she thought it was going to be like a, a review saying he liked it, yep. this person that she knew. And it was like, this is what happened at the end of the movie, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, and she just looked at me. She's like, I just had the end of the movie spoiled for we're going to see tomorrow. And I was like, oh, what? Like, That's awful. Like, why would someone just do that? And it was the night the movie came out. Like, he literally, the guy walked out of the theater and was like, Tweet, tweet. Here's what happened at the end of the movie. I was just like, "What a dickhead!" We live in a really weird time, man. I don't know. Right? Like, what joy do you get out of that? Just ruin the movie for everybody. Like that's anyone that follows you just ruined it for the Damn. likes, man. For the likes, it's. I, that's that one frustrated me for sure. For sure. Uh, um, okay, uh, another big thing that happened on SmackDown this week was uh, Kofi. It seems, at least, is officially going to WrestleMania. Uh, I'm, I'm pumped about that. I think that that was the the obviously where this was going the whole time. Superstar Billy um, Graham's not pumped. I heard. Dude, did you read that <laughs> rant did. from him? You know what's crazy about that rant? For those of you listening who who didn't see this, basically, Superstar Billy Graham went off and he said that um, he didn't think it was believable that a guy like Kobe Kingston could could be in the main event uh, of WrestleMania because of his size. But then it's like he said nothing about Seth Rollins 
going up against Brock Lesnar, even though Seth Rollins is five pounds heavier yeah. in his build weight, which they're probably the same weight yeah. uh, because it's just the build weight or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they're probably the same. Uh, and had no problem about that. And it's like, how do you not see that as kind of a racist dig going on there? Of like, now, I'm not saying Blue Super Star Blue is racist, yeah. but it feels kind of like there's some racism playing here. No? A, out of all the things going, I've, they've been pushing smaller talent for a while now. It's Damn not like right. this. Yeah, yeah. So it's I I get what he's saying though from like a lot of those the older time superstars because they 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 come from a different era and they want that believability. I get that, but like to to single this one out is I don't know. I it's like I don't think superstar Billy Graham is racist. I want to yeah. say that much, but it just feels like it it it, it, it came like out of it nowhere. Was, I when I saw it, I go, nowhere. "What?" Uh, it's you never know what people are, man. It's none of that ever does any good when you do anything like that. Like it, he's probably gotten so much hate from that. Like what he writing that with with fans and stuff too. And but on one hand, and it is a different time too. And they the the company is a different organization. How they push talent, like like we said though, I feel like if somebody is big and looks the part and can work and they can have matches and be in a believable role, they should be pushed accordingly. It doesn't happen like that all the time anymore now. But Kofi is very deserving from it. And this is speaking as a talent that was there that worked with Kofi a lot. He's very deserving. And you, as you see the, the reaction of all the talent, as far as you can just genuinely tell that everybody is actually truly pulling for him to have a, hopefully that big moment. And it's with Daniel Bryan, who had that moment himself, who I guarantee you, Dan, as much as he probably enjoys having that title, probably would have no issue Doing, doing the honors for Kofi to have that big moment because he knows what it's like to have that very rare moment. And I think that would, to me, that's going to be possibly the coolest moment at WrestleMania if that does happen. I think it's going to be really hard to top, especially with the match I know they're going to they're gonna pull out. But, yeah, I didn't want to sidetrack you there on the Kofi thing, but I, I didn't. No, 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 no. I, was, it, I wanted your opinion on that totally. You it, know both of those guys. They have uh, You've worked closely with yeah. both of those guys. And, yeah, I... I I very much wonder where they're going to place that match on the card because that, similar to you having to follow, you know, a ladder match or whatever, yeah. like that's going to be a tough one to follow and it's not the main event. So I, I, I feel like it's frustrating not frustrating. It's tough because you don't want to put a moment like that on too early in the show, I would imagine, but also like you got to space it out from the women's main event because that's also going to be a big, those are going to be the two big moments. Yeah. Of the show. Well, the three, there's three big moments on this show. There's going to be Kofi winning the title, hopefully. Becky winning the title, hopefully. And whatever happens with Batista and Triple H. Like, that's like the, the attraction. We're matches. hoping for all the Hollywood run-ins on this. That's... I hope, dude. I'm hoping just a full Guardians of the Galaxy fest, dude. I keep thinking about this, and I'm just like, uh, they, with all... I, I thought about this the other day with that, and how they're, they added that stipulation where it's essentially going to be like anything goes, street fight, they, with all the all the fixings. And whatnot, I was like, it's not going to be a wrestling match at all. Hunter's been out, and who knows where he's at. Dave has been out. I don't even think Dave's tra training wrestling. He was like doing boxing and other things. So he's just do working on his cardio. Like, <laughs> yeah. so, because it's usually if you're going to get ready for a wrestling match, though, you just train. Like, remember The Rock came back? He was training in the ring. Yeah. For, Cause it's, Kirk Hawkins and, stuff. and yeah, I yeah. get doing like, you know, I remember even when Goldberg came back, he was just showing doing Muay Thai stuff. And that's great. All, that stuff is, I've done it. It's awesome. Conditioning yeah. and it helps you with your conditioning, but there's only one real way to actually get ready for a wrestling match, and that's 
wrestling training, which I don't know he could be doing very well, which you would think they would. But Rock, they showed that stuff. Like the other guys, they don't show it. So I, I yeah. question, I go, I wonder if he's. Uh, I feel like he can't be because he's recording, he's filming that movie right now. Yeah. So I feel like he can't, there's no way like in between takes he's rolling over to a wrestling ring and taking bums for that insurance. I guarantee you the insurance as it was, was they were iffy on. I yeah, think. yeah. Because like, he's do that Dune movie. So yeah. like, I think he's got a big role in that. So there's Huge no role, way. Yeah. yeah, I don't, there's no way he's like I, rolling around taking I feel bums like this match, I would, I would love to take a bet on this match for the the over-under on the amount of minutes in the actual ring. I think it's if it, over or under five. I don't know. I was exactly going to say five. Five was my exact call, too. Give like, us a little up front, a couple tackles, yeah. some flexing, a little bit of powdering, and then here we go. There we go. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> this week was uh, Nikki Bella retiring from wrestling. Nikki Bella officially retiring from the ring, uh, going to, uh, and launching a podcast. So her and Brie officially retired now. Um, but I thought it was interesting because, you know, she basically, you know, on the show, because she 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 broke <laughs> the news on Total Bellas. That was yeah. the first time she mentioned it. But on the podcast that came out a few weeks later, um, she went into a little more, or not two weeks later, I'm sorry, a few days later, she went into more detail about it. And on the show, she said, oh, I can't keep up with all the girls uh, in the locker room right now. Uh, but on her podcast, she said that it's much more because of her neck injury that she suffered a while back. Yep. Uh, she says that, you know, they don't like her talking about it. So they they don't show that kind of stuff on the TV show. Yeah. But that it really was... Uh, mostly because her neck. She said uh, the main thing was is that she could never turn her back on an opponent in a match anymore because of the injury, uh, and that she was scared that what happened to Paige was going to happen to her because they have the same hardware, basically, from the same surgeries, and that she was like, I don't want that to be the case, where it's, like, not my decision. I want it to be my decision. Um, but, you know, you as someone who's dealt with an injury for a long time, I thought you kind of understand that a little bit. Yeah, and I think Vince, she she had a great great run there, both of them, and I think that's something you got to look at. That when she's saying she can't keep up, and it, it's it's more of the fact that she's not there every day. And I think if she if say she didn't have the neck injury and she was able to be in the be there full time and on the road and, and going and working every night, there's no issues because she's already done that before. Now with the neck situation, it's an entirely different ball game. And it's like maybe coming back for one match here and there, but when you're gone and, and, and if you're at the at the level that the the talent there is going at, if you're not around that consistently, and you know it's harder for her to to adapt and get back and and want to be at the level that she would like to be at. So I understand that. And again, in the the neck factor, once you get back or neck surgery like that, you're you're never the same ever. And it, it's I've never seen one person have their neck operated on or their back and where they were better, like where they were better than before. So, and I've always heard avoid it at all costs unless it's absolutely necessary, which it was absolutely necessary for her. She's, um, you got to know when to walk away and our lives and our health is more important. It's just, um, I think she's making the right decision and she's made money, I'm sure. And, uh, it's, why go back? And people are doing crazier things than ever too. wrestling and doing things yep. because they think that's what you have to do to get the reaction. Which, by the way, I just watched 
Rock and Hogan again from WrestleMania the other day. And it, to me, is still probably the greatest WrestleMania match. Just and the people, just the crowd, and just the energy. That's pro wrestling. And you could have the other stuff. They could have done other stuff. But you don't. You just, that's just a testament to show you don't always need to with the emotion and energy. And um, But I'm happy for her. I think she will do well with whatever she does. And I think everyone should get into podcasting. I just really think it's a great way for us to be off our phones and have real conversations. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, with, with Nikki, like you said, you know, she has been able to create additional independent revenue streams. Like she's got a bunch of them. She's yep. got things like a TV show, uh, clothing line, wine line. Like she has all these things. And I, you know, I always wonder with certain people, like why they feel like they have something else to prove. Like, they, like, like sometimes when they keep coming back, like a Ric Flair, for example, yeah. when he retired and then came back and you're like, I get that you like wrestling and that it's your life and you enjoy it, but you have nothing else left to prove, you know? And like, that's to me with Nikki Bella, like she, regardless of all the hate she's received from people, her Embry, you know, uh, regardless of wrestling fans saying they don't care about wrestling, that they were only in it to get themselves famous. Well, that's why everyone gets into wrestling to get themselves famous, you know, like, and, and it's like, getting through all that hate and still becoming powerful entities where they're like their own brand now. I mean, yeah. that's a, that that's, that's, that's a hard thing to do. And you yeah. should be proud of that and be able to like rest on that. You have to be able to switch your mindset too from, because with wrestling and you're a competitor and you like realize that. And for me, what happened with me is you, you go, you spend your life earning your money physically. And there's two ways to earn money in this world, physically or with your brain. And I think, uh, the ones that are able to kind of start using their brain as their career starts coming to an end are able to go on and do other things. And then others kind of hold on to that physical. They, that's the only way they know how to make money. And also it comes back to that. It depends on, there are different motives of why you do this. Like I don't, I hate, like I don't like fame. I wish I would rather be the richest person in the world rather than a rich and famous. Um, I don't like, I don't get caught up in that. And it's You never did. You didn't do it for the fame. You did it more for the money. No, I just loved. I liked. I just liked wrestling. I like when Fair. I was a kid. I just wanted to be a pro wrestler, and then that like, makes sense. and I never like it. Just never. When you were a little Ryback, yeah, like <laughs> it was your polo shirt. Yeah, watching, watching like <laughs> by myself at the I, Thomas and Mack Center. Like I just wanted to be a pro wrestler because I liked doing active things. And then as I got older, I started like learning the like the money. Even in WWE developmental, I never even like thought about the money one bit. As far as like, oh, I can't wait to get to the main roster and make millions of dollars. It was the adrenaline and the excitement that was like cocaine, which I've never done cocaine, but I'd imagine if I did, it would be much like the adrenaline that I experienced as a wrestler. (laughs) But you have to be able to, I think some people though, they, when they step out of that limelight, I think it's a really difficult thing for them not to maybe be recognized as much or to, to crave that attention. So it's almost that sometimes people go back for that. Where they're, they're they because they need that and that's just who they are and they haven't. But I think if you're able to get away and learn to make money and other revenue, have different revenue streams, and just see that life is okay, you can make money without putting your body on the line. It's really it opens up the realm of possibilities for you. And that's like Conor McGregor, for instance. I think that plays a big part too. That like someone like that, he he has this whiskey business. He has other revenue streams. He doesn't have to kill himself anymore. He's he's a he's a legend. He's he achieved the highest level possible, being a, a two time a two division champion, raised the bar on all that. 
much like Ronda did when Ronda was there. Eventually, the other people catch up to you because when you have money, other people that don't are hungrier, and it's just it, it's the way of the world. It, yep. With the exception of a Floyd Mayweather, guys that are there's rare, rare people like that. And even Connor, Connor, I still think is super hungry and whatnot, but he has more to lose now where that will affect his business and brand. But when you see that you, when you come from making your money physically, that you see that like, oh, I can still do all the training and everything and I could do all this other stuff and make money and like have my family and be happy. That's the whole point of it anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's like really, it, it, and again, ego gets in the way. Some people are really concerned what other people think of them and. It, it, no, that all makes no, that all yeah. makes perfect sense. It's like similar to like a Daniel Bryan scenario where when he got injured, uh, or when he couldn't wrestle or whatever, it was like it wasn't the fame that he craved. He craved in-ring competition. Yeah. yeah, the in-ring competition. You know, and so that was I guess my that favorite part sense. that I liked was physically being in the ring, exerting energy, and being physically tired and spending like that was the most real part of wrestling for a wrestler. That And I feel I always said that Daniel Bryan, that was a big part of why he got really over is because the people could see how much energy he spent in the ring and kept going and kept going and kept going. And they could feel that. And he he is a true underdog when he is a babyface. And you could feel that energy because he brings it in the ring. Like, that's what I crave being in there going. Like, And I think there's there's different people that do it for different different reasons and whatnot. So, and I think she's no, it, does, it does hit that certain part of your brain. You know, it gets that one part going that gets you off. Kind of like you said, it was like your cocaine, the adrenaline. It was like yeah. you know I haven't acted in forever, but my when I was a kid, I always acted and stuff, and I miss just like doing that because it was fun to me, not because I wanted to be famous or anything like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I did, but that wasn't why. Like you know, like I, I miss just, just the. The fun of yep. doing the thing that I love the most, you know? Yep. And I think fame, like, I think, and I, again, though, I could say, and when I was younger, I don't think I saw any, like, anything bad about being famous. Like, I don't think, it was never, like, a motive, but I was like, you don't think, I was like, oh, that wouldn't be so bad. But then I think if that's not your main primary uh, factor of why you do something and then you realize what it's like to be famous, you're like, ugh. Like, it's it's a really, it's, it's a turnoff. For a lot of yeah. people, and, and what? But no, it, totally, a- absolutely. I wanted to be famous growing up, like kind of like I was just saying, you know. And then when I started working at TMZ and kind of got like a behind the curtains look at what it would be like to be famous, mm-hmm. and then just kind of getting a, f- a fractionality of people recognizing me out in public, I was like, oh, that's awkward. I don't know if I could handle yeah. that on an extreme scale, you know, where it's just like the whole world knows who you are. I couldn't imagine what that's like. Yeah, no, it's just an entirely it's. And but if you don't, it's like Jim Carrey says he wishes everybody could experience fame so they realize how bad it is. Like yeah. it's it's really because it's not the purpose of life. It's it's really, it's really not. But it's yeah so no I'm, no that whole that whole like fame thing and and it's only until recently where I finally started to like grasp that. I saw Conan O'Brien did an interview and he said something along the lines of like, like people there are people who don't know who the. Abraham Lincoln are or like yep. you know who like people who did who, who Martin Luther King is you know or yep. or they just don't care who he is mm-hmm. and then I think about it in the the general you know in the long-term scheme of things and I go like I'm never going to be that important so that's not the 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 people remembering me when I'm dead thing shouldn't be as important to me as I thought it was and I was like man that's yeah. a really good point like I mean, it know, really like, means nothing. When that's why I, when I hear people talk about like, oh, my legacy, my legacy, I'm like, nobody's gonna give a when you're gone. You could think, yeah. you might think they do. Nobody, you're gonna like, your best thing you could do, and I try to tell people, just live your life and do what you're passionate about, and be, try to be a good person to people and whatnot, and and then you know, 
don't do it for fame or anything like that because at the end it doesn't matter at the end of the day but everyone has different weird motives and it, man, I just I look at things much differently, just even than I did ten years ago and whatnot on all that. But I think like Nikki and them, when you have an injury like that, and again I could speak from it changes you. You're forced to change your mindset when you have a, a career threatening injury. You have to. You can't. And, and she has money coming in from different things, so it might be different if she like say she had nothing else going on. That might be a situation where she would go back and put herself in jeopardy because she didn't want the money to stop and didn't have any other choices. She does, and so it's like she's she's doing the right thing. She's doing this, Absolutely. and she can still be involved. Help, though, I'm telling no, you don't want to do this and then be in a wheelchair. And you see, we've seen how many wrestlers, man, they all die young. They all, yeah. like, it's it, very rarely do you see wrestlers live to be in their 80s and 90s. You don't. Or, or be, like, in normal, good. like, standing up, walking position when they're older, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. They're they're in really bad shape. And the, yeah. you can see it. I met, man, I did a show in Georgia. It might have been almost two years ago now when I first got my first stem cell procedure done for fake nature. I don't know if you, you know the fake nature boy, Paul Lee. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hell of a character. <laughs> I, he brought he brought me into his van to give me my payday at the in, at, in his gear. And uh, he's Ric Flair twenty four seven, and that's uh, great. And he also <laughs> my travel, and I missed my next my next booking the next day. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> but he uh, thanks, Paulie. No, he he wasn't bad at all though. But um, I saw Buff Bagwell there. He was actually my replacement for the match, and he had just had a shoulder replacement. And I'm thinking, like, man, I remember growing up watching this guy, and he was always in great shape, and 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 always looked great, and he still looked great when I saw him. But he completely, we were talking. He's not that old of a guy where, and I was like, and I, they told me I needed it and I'm 15 years younger, 12, 15 years younger, whatever it is. Damn. Yeah. And I was like, I can't let this happen to me. I got to just stick, ride the course and like, because he couldn't clothesline with his right arm. He had to do everything with his left arm because the shoulder replacement, you can't work out with it either. Like you can't, or not heavy at least. You can't do anything Mm -hmm. because the ball and socket. So it's just, you don't want to do this and then have your quality of life be for the rest of your life after there's a fine line with all that which that's what i don't think all the guys necessarily understand that because when you're younger you think you know and i was guilty of that oh i could do anything and i've been reminded at different points that no you're not but it is no absolutely absolutely i think that uh you know you 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 don't think about that when you're when you're living the life you know you think about it afterwards when it starts to affect you you know also worth noting that nikki's finisher was similar to the backpack center for a long time when she got injured, she yeah. had that rack attack move. Was she falling to her knees on that? Was that or her? No, she initially was. If I were, wasn't she doing it? Yeah, she was doing it on. But her still, knees. same thing though. The energy yeah. it's shooting up your back. I'm trying to remember if she initially did it on her butt. Regardless, yeah. Either way, I, yeah, it was. Uh, and so you got to look at how she has that person situated on her, where they're on the back of her shoulders neck. and neck and coming yeah. down. And even though you you she's getting compression coming up and down with the person, and it's uh, yeah, man. If it, I were a new wrestler starting out, I would fully become an old. I would go like I'd try to do the opposite old school wrestler status, just to stand out from everybody. Yeah, and just kind of like also to help my body, but I feel like it'd be a twofold situation. I would love there. to see you lock up and just throw somebody off, and then do the test <laughs> of strength. Just exactly. <laughs> 
only the classics. Powder three times before you actually lock up. Just classic, right? Classic satin. I love, by the way, the the powder that you sent, uh, the protein powder that you sent over here. It said Ryan the reporter satin on it. <laughs> I, I, I forgot I, about I, that. I honestly didn't even look at it. I was like, oh, Ryback sent it. I had it to my girlfriend. And she was like, look at what he wrote. I was like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> Keep everything wrestling. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of Ryan the reporter, Satin, uh, so this is the story I did this week that uh, the, the person involved did sort of refute a, a little bit. But I think that there was a little bit of uh, information lost in translation. Okay. So um, I broke the story this week that Goldust will soon be a free agent from WWE. Oh, wow. Um, there was a, I think there was a little bit of confusion. So the story that I put up did not say that he had been released yet. Did not say that he is a free agent. Um, from what I was told, and it might it might be a little out of the norm, but for some reason, from what I'm told, is that even though his contract recently expired, he's still waiting for the 90 day no compete portion uh, to uh, of some sort of agreement he had made to run out. Oh, wow. I think I, this is from. My guess, because I realized that normally if your contract expires, you're a free agent at that point. Um, and usually if they release you, then the 90-day thing happens. So I realized that there's some confusion there. Yeah. But but I did confirm it with, like, sources in WWE, sources outside of WWE. And so what I – from the people I've spoken with, I, I this is my guess, this part, uh, is that it sounds like he maybe was in a contract that was – they didn't roll over. And because they didn't roll over the contract, they agreed to not roll over the contract. It, they didn't technically release him, but because they're not going to continue on with the next portion of his the option of his deal, he's on a ninety-day no compete to cool off or, or something along those lines. Does that sound out, like crazy out of the norm to you? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I know on the contracts that I had signed, the specifically the last one, it was whatever it was, three years, and then it and expired. And the only thing that if you have injury injuries in that time, which Goldust had a lot of injuries, oh, they that could, they could extend that. your contract uh, those injury days if they choose to, and they'll let you know if they do that or not. Um, so he his contract technically could have been up, and then they said no, you you were out for eleven months. We're going to extend it for eleven more months. Like that, they can do. That's where you can't do anything on that. That makes sense then. So, so that that makes sense. So and, and look, at, I'll be honest with you. Like Goldust put it out there. He said like I'm not. I'm still under contract with WWE. Yeah. Uh, he, he refuted the story, but like I didn't say that he wasn't under contract. And I realized that it's confusing. So a lot of the other wrestling sites picked it up as like Goldberg released from WWE. Yeah. Um, that's not quite what I said in the article. Um, I, I, in fact, I said that it's unclear exactly when he's going to be like free, quote unquote, yeah. um, but that he should be good to go in May. And, and May is the same month of Double or Nothing, so it seems like it was timed <laughs> a certain yeah. way. Uh, but, but I did real, I do realize that it was a little confusing in the way I wrote it because the norm would would normally be for. You know, you're, you know, you, if your your contract is up, you're gone. Yeah, of. and that's. But again, though, like his contract could have end. The date could have been, say, it ended February nineteenth. That it could have been in the contract that it expires February nineteenth. But he he's been out with various injuries and different things. Okay. And and, I, and he, they've kept him off TV too at different points. So like those points that doesn't they can't extend it on those. But for the injury time with 
they could go, well, you were out five months. We're going to extend it five more months here now just to keep them under contract, to kind of keep okay. them locked up, which is very possible, which is probably what is going on if I had to take a, a wild guess. No, that, that makes sense. And look, it, I, I I tried to get that answer from people. It was tough to find that answer out. Yeah. Um, Most people but, wouldn't know, though, either, how much that time would be. Only him and the company exactly, would know. Because, exactly. Yeah. And that's why it was really hard. But I do... I am firm in the in the in my information. Like I, I trust the sources it came from. I trust the people I confirmed it with. Um, which is why I wasn't going to get into like a pissing contest with Goldust over it. Like yeah. I realized that because of te- that technicality, um, he could say that. And 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 to be honest, a lot of sites wrote the story as Goldust released from WWE, and that yeah. wasn't the case. So I didn't. As much as it was my article that he was refuting. Yeah. I feel like it was because of the lost in translation. Well, that, and that's why a wrestler will get mad. And it's not that's not even getting mad. It, it just sucks that people take stuff because they do. They create the headline that's going to get clicks. And as a wrestler, if you're not released, like if you're, I remember when I like my thing, my contract expired. And thank you for everything you've done for the company. Thank you. That was and and then it was people saying I got fired, and I'm just thinking like, Jesus Christ, guys. Like I no, and it, you don't. If you are fired, that's one thing. And I've been fired in developmental, and like that was fine. I was fired. I think if you're not fired, though, you you just hate hearing because it just sounds like you're not wanted anymore. And it, it just, you know what I mean? And people yep. got it. So I think that's probably what he's mad at. It just sucks. You because you put something out like that, and if you don't state that, and then people put their spin on it, and it, it comes back to you, what well, Ryan said, put it out, and then, you totally. know what I mean? So from a yeah, talent, yeah, that's just going into that. That's why you hate. I to this day, people will be like, "You, you got fired from WWE. You suck." It's just like, block. I'm not. It's, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, and I and I get that. Like, that's honestly a hundred percent why. Like, I'm I'm trying to get better at all of this, and I didn't take it personally. Like, you're my I favorite get, reporter. That you you they, you actually have a conscience. You're you're trying I, I reporting try. the news, but still do the right thing, not like. I, tr- I very much tried. Honestly, that's why I didn't write up what he wrote because I felt like he was refuting something that I didn't write. So it was like this weird triangle of like, well, I didn't say that, you know, because look, it, there, I can't ignore the fact that regardless of what he said, um, you know, the road, they have this road to double or nothing series that Cody does. Yeah. Like Cody has the road to double or nothing where it's much more of like a serious docu-series thing. And then they have, you know, being the elite, which is their funny kind of jokey thing. Yep. Um, and on Road to Double or Nothing, they've been teasing, you know, this mystery opponent for Cody at Double or Nothing. And if the first clue was that uh, this one's personal, quote unquote, you know, this yeah. one's personal. And it was like, well, I wonder what that's going to be. And I had heard way back at the press conference that, like, that was a possibility of maybe Goldust, you know, way back. But I don't know that for sure, but it was like the rumor. It was the rumbling, you know. Yep. And then on this latest one uh, – it ends with Cody talking to his seamstress on speakerphone and about his, you know, what he's going to wear at double or nothing. And then the seamstress says, well, should I stay away from gold in your outfit? And he like pauses and he like looks real serious for a second. He's like, no, 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 gold's fine. Or something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. Clearly teasing the fact that it's going to be gold dust as his opponent. They wanted to wrestle each other at WrestleMania for the the last few years. I remember, or a couple years. (laughs) So, now that Cody has some control over the situation, that would that would make a lot of sense. Absolutely. It would also make sense that, you know, 
that Dustin in this stage of his career probably wouldn't want to be on opposing sides of his family. Like yeah. it's, it's been something he's had to do in the past. And like, look at his brother is starting his own wrestling company. Like I'm sure he wants to be involved in that. You I know? think go in there, do one, the match they've always wanted to do and then go into a producer role. And My exactly. that would probably be 100% what I see happening. That's 100% what I see happening too. I also, you know, from, from what I've heard from people is that Dustin wants one last opportunity to show that he still has it, and yeah. then he's good. But he, but WWE just doesn't want to give him that opportunity. Yeah, it, I mean, it's he's he he was so good back in the day too, and stuff. And, and as you get older, and he's had a lot of injuries. When you start getting injuries, it's really hard to keep up and things. He's his, and he has a great wrestling mind and stuff. It, and I think it's just one of those. It's in his blood. And uh, Father Time, like it catches up to everyone. We've seen it with Kurt Angle, and it, it just, it, it literally, there's no fighting it. I think, and I, I've been in the ring with him. He's had a lot of injuries, and it's really tough. But I think he is capable if he knows he can. If he just wants one last match to go all out and give it everything he has, I think he's earned the right to have that match. And uh, he is a, uh, you know, he'll be a WWE Hall of Famer, and he was. I remember it was a big part of my childhood watching him and, and come up and um, he's and you know he's had his ups and downs and I think this is I think this would be the right thing for him to do go do that be around his family be around his brother they both have they both are the son of Dusty Rhodes you know what I mean the sons of Dusty absolutely Rhodes. it's I think it just it all makes sense on on where it's pointing to and he wants that one last physical interaction in the ring to show people that you know what I can still do this and and that will allow him to do it if that is the case and I actually you know I really enjoyed last year yeah last year when they had him do a short thing as himself again where it was where he was Dustin uh I thought it was awesome and so I'm not like my I've been discussing this amongst my friends of like they're like well he can't end his he's got to go out as gold dust and I'm like no, he can go out as Dustin. You know, they're like, nah, it's got to be some kind of character like Goldust because WWE owns Goldust. Do you think? Do you I think mean, it matters? Uh, for the first final double or nothing. Like, do you think he comes in a face painted like role, or is he more like going out like he came in as Dustin, the natural? He, I, I that's a tough one. I think he would probably stay away from it and just do be Dustin. And uh, because he just wants the match with his brother, I think they just want that for themselves. Me that, too. That I think it's personal. Like, just they want the, to share that moment together. And I don't think he. I think the character wise, he could care less on uh, that. And it's not WWE, anyways. So you know what I, I think. He, I think absolutely. It, I think he would. He would be all right not doing anything and in, in painting his face, and because it is just something they want to do from Cody to Dustin. So. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, last year at, at All In, you had like, you know, Cody's nod to his dad where he won the NWA title, you know, and now it's like another one where they're going to finally have like the Cody versus the Rhodes boys having their big moment in a big marquee match. Um, I think that's important to them. And I, and I honestly, I'd be pumped for it. I, if, if that's what ends up happening, I'd be pumped for it. Yeah. No, I think it's that that would be just knowing what I know about the situation, which which isn't a lot, but just being around them. I think they they have that moment together and continue doing business together and uh, keep it in the family. And I think that's that's where I think I, I see that happening. And I, I don't think Goldust is he's he doesn't need to do that for that moment. 
with them. It, like Cody doesn't need to be Stardust. He doesn't need to be Gold Dust. It's Cody and Dustin. And the, son of Dusty, the sons of Dusty the sons Rhodes of Dusty having Rhodes. their big marquee moment. The one match that they wanted, they couldn't have it at WWE. They would never let them do it. And you know what? Because if I if I had a family member and I wanted to do a match for several years and I kept pushing and it kept maybe, maybe, no, no, we don't want to do it. No, we don't want to do it. And then I chose to leave and go do my own thing and I got into this other, have a power position of this other promotion. I'm going to say, f*** you, I'm going to go do it. Like that's totally that ego. That's Cody. 100% you guys. We're going to go do this match and draw money doing it. Yep. Sorry. That's like the, that's like the best revenge. Yeah. To prove someone wrong. Success so is the best revenge. Draw, yeah. Dude, if you go draw a big, if you go draw big with that match, absolutely. That's, yeah. yeah great so that's match. what I think is that that's going on too. So in Dustin, yeah. Dustin's not getting the opportunity there. Okay. I'll go, go with my brother and go do it over here. Yeah, it's one of those situations where, you know, you hear all the people involved with AEW, they all say in interviews, uh, like, oh, it's 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 not us versus WWE. We're not we're not going after WWE. Um, but I feel like deep down inside with Cody, it definitely is. It's very is. personal. Like, it's, it, like, it's, it's not gonna happen like, right away and he's not gonna come out and they're they're not gonna just say that, you know, but yeah. They're not gonna show their weapons right off the bat. They need to get T V and they need to get, you know, they need to get a lot of things in place and, and have a consistent schedule. And they're just all they all they have to do is focus on doing one good show at a time, getting a TV deal, getting some live events, getting the talent in place. And then over time, in two or three years, we may be having a different discussion on what's going on in the wrestling scene. But they know they can't just you just don't show up and just you're at WWE's level. It doesn't it doesn't matter how much money anyone has. There's a lot of things that need to be worked out, people that need to be put in place. And a system needs to be built and needs to be proven that it's going to work. There's a lot. So just they're going one one thing at a time and they're doing the right thing. But I do think deep down inside that's Cody's ultimate goal. Oh, I know Cody. 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not. It's not He's got that chip on his shoulder. You know? Yeah, the there's no point. doubt. I know, that, I know that kind of person, you know? Yeah. Oh, I lived with the guy. I'm telling you. It's yes. <laughs> that is exactly what's going on. All right, well, that's all I got here for the week. All right, good deal. Anything you want to go ahead and plug before we wrap up? Just uh, ProWrestlingSheet.com. That's where you can check out all the stories that I put up on the website throughout the week where you can check out all the biggest stories that, that are happening in the world of professional wrestling at Wrestling Sheet on social media, YouTube.com slash C slash Wrestling Sheet. That's where you can find the Raw Recap Show that I do, uh, Wrestling Sheet Radio that I do every week with Jamie Ivey and Elijah Bates, um, and a bunch of other videos as well. And you can check us out on uh, our podcast's as well, you just search Wrestling Sheet Radio on all platforms. Good deal, Ryan. Thank you as always. And guys, we'll be right back after these messages. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback. And I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at FuelMeals.com has something for everybody. An easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch... I go to my fuel meals and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So fuel meals come in handy for me when I need it most and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code the big guy to save 15%. Fuelmeals.com. Feed me more. It's the big guy Ryback with Feed Me More Nutrition. And I just wanted to say thank you guys for another great year. We started the brand with three supplements and we're now getting ready to release our seventh supplement, our 10 count creatine. 
We just released our GTS Go to Sleep High Powered Sleep Aid. So if you have a difficult time falling asleep or staying asleep, check out our all natural GTS Sleep Aid available on FeedMeMore.com and Amazon. Speaking of FeedMeMore.com, we have all new domestic shipping rates. No shipping over $9.99 domestically anymore, with rates as low as $4.99. We want to be more competitive, and as a thank you guys for being loyal customers, offer you the best shipping rates we possibly can. So if you guys haven't checked out Feed Me More Nutrition, now's your chance. We are a premium all-natural supplement company that gives you safe, natural formulas that get results. FeedMeMore.com and Amazon. Get hungry. Stay hungry. Feed. Me. More. And we are back. I would like to thank Stevie Ray for joining us this week. Uh, I, I really enjoyed talking to him, and I was glad I got to share that story of uh, when I met him at Gold's Gym when I was 19 or 20 years old. He's, uh, he's a really, really good dude, and uh, the Hall of Fame is well-deserved, Dave Meltzer. And I mean that. I mean that from the bottom of my heart for any of his opinions and uh, because they are all shit and uh, the poison of the wrestling industry. So it's not like he could say anything bad about me. He's never said anything good. So it's, uh, it is what it is. But Stevie Ray is, is well-deserved to, to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. With that, guys, I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, looking for my plugs here we've got to always end the show a little classical music and some plugs we will have jd and asian joe next week along with ryan satin with the wrestling news if you guys could please like and subscribe on itunes leave a review it really really greatly helps the show um check us out on patreon patreon.com slash ryback as well for the video and for the tips of the week are always on the patreon um show on that if you're interested in those shout out to real good food to their real good pizza they got some really cool things coming out guys for the low carb diet people doing the keto diet and things of that nature you could save 15% with discount code Ryback realgoodfoods.com um, they're a huge sponsor of the show and a shout out to CLNS Media um, really really happy to have signed on with them and uh, as we start working with more companies on, on, on different advertising for the show as we continue to grow and evolve so thank you guys for that uh, shout out to a wrestling historian on Instagram give him a follow he, uh, he has a really cool Instagram page looking at the history of pro wrestling and he has a great great respect for pro wrestlers and everyone uh, who has uh, devoted their lives or a part of their lives uh, to the great great thing we know as professional wrestling with that guys all fan mail P.O. Box 752740 Las Vegas, Nevada 89136 I just ask that you have return postage, and I always get that stuff back to you. Feed Me More Nutrition, available on Amazon and feedmemore.com. Please, guys, the Amazon reviews greatly help us. If you, could, uh, if you like the supplements and, and you use them, if you could just take time to leave some reviews on the products on Amazon, it really, really helps, and uh, it helps us sell more products and get more reviews. It's something I've never been a review person, and I know it sucks. I know it takes, it takes us, you know, few minutes out of your day but uh, if you truly do like the products and, and they've helped you um, if you could just take a, a few moments and uh, leave some reviews on the different products um, and what you like about them it really um, it, it means a lot and uh, and feed me more nutrition means a lot to me 
and uh, so thank you if you if you guys can do that and uh, continue to support feeding more nutrition on that end personal video shout outs from myself cameo.com slash the big guy Ryback professional wrestling bookings for assignings and appearances comic cons anything of that nature book the big guy at yahoo.com and bill barons at showbiz at aol.com check out my motivational book wake up it's feeding time on amazon and paperback audible and kindle formats fuel meals my personal meal prep service fuelmeals.com you can get say 15 percent with discount code the big guy uh, they got chicken steak broccoli asparagus uh, they got all these cool, cool dishes there where they literally make them fresh and overnight them on ice um, to you, to your house, right to your doorstep. It's meal prep at your doorstep, as they say. Um, so if you're looking to, to save some time eating healthy, you go on there. You can save 15% with the big guy, code the big guy. And you can literally, you can get their signature dishes or you can get customized dishes. I always like to do my own orders where I customize. I'll get uh, a large order of grilled chicken with broccoli and asparagus and that is my go-to and then i'll take that and i'll actually cook it with more vegetables i'll put one or two of those in a stir a pan i'll do a little coconut oil and uh, some seasonings and then I, I grill it all together and it is it is fresh it's low sodium and uh it, they, they they have some really good stuff there guys so check out fuel meals on that follow us on social media youtube.com slash feed me more channel please subscribe to the show Guys, the Feed Me More channel, Ryback TV. At CWTBG, at Ryback22, and at FMM Nutrition on Twitter. At Feed Me More Nutrition on Facebook, at The Big Guy Ryback22, at Feed Me More Nutrition, and at Conversation with the Big Guy on Instagram, and Ryback247 on Snapchat. You guys have just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. Feed me more. This is Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. Subscribe, like, rate, comment, and